I want to share a scripture with you that God gave to me a couple weeks ago about it being worth the cost. Thank you, Jesus. Our, our youth band is awesome. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The presence of God came in with them. We just give God praise. I thank you, God, for young people who lay down their life. Thank you, Jesus, who lay down their life, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We've been praying some this week and this weekend about um, about commitment and dying to ourselves and all those things that we love to talk about. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, God gave me this message, um, or He began birthing in me this message, and. Um, And it's a scripture. God gave me, the, gave me the verse that we all know because we've heard it a thousand times. We've heard people preach on it a thousand times. And, I, and I told, when he said to me this scripture, I said, I don't want to preach that because everybody's preached that message. <laughs> but he told me to turn there. And um, it's in Matthew chapter 11. And we all know this scripture where Jesus says about John the Baptist, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. <clears throat> and we all know that means we have to be aggressive. We've got to pray. We've got to do those things. And God began to, to just unfold to me this whole chapter. And so we just want to, we're going to kind of go through this chapter and see what God has to say to us about this. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we open up our spirits, God, to hear from you today. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we receive this word this morning in the name of Jesus. In John chapter 11, verse 2, it says, Now when John the Baptist had heard in prison all the words of Christ, he sent two of his disciples, and he said unto him, and the disciples said unto Jesus, Are you he that should come, or do we look for another? This chapter opens up where we find John the Baptist, who has given everything. He's given everything. He's given his whole life. He is in prison. He's given up everything that you would want out of life. He lived in the wilderness. He ate locusts and honey. He's given up everything. And he's at the end of himself. He's about to be killed. He's in prison. And he only wants to know one thing. He wants to know, was, it, was, was this worth it? Was it worth it that all the sacrifices I've made, was it worth 
living out there in the wilderness? Was it worth being a lone voice in the wilderness? Was it worth being a prophet? Was it worth laying down my life? Was it worth giving my whole life to seek after this one thing coming? Was it worth it? That was all he wanted to know. He had many times, I'm sure, wondered if it was worth it, and he decided to press through. Many times said, this is uncomfortable and it's difficult and people think I'm crazy. I'm wearing camel hair. I'm not happy. Is it worth it? If it's worth it, I'm, this is everything to me. If it's worth it, I'm happy, God. But is it just, I just want to know, is it worth it? And his disciples come to Jesus to ask him and Jesus tells them two things. First of all, he gives them evidence that it's worth it. John, you laid down your life, but look. Look at what happened. The blind see. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And then he tells them one more thing. He said, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Another translation says, blessed is he who doesn't turn away. Because of me. Jesus. Jesus understood the difficulty of of laying down your life. He understood the pull that that that, that other things in life have on you. He understands the pull that the world has on us. And he said, you're blessed, though, if you don't turn away because of what I'm asking of you. You're blessed if you don't turn away because of who I am. You're blessed if you don't turn away because of the holiness that I've called you to, of the call that I've placed upon you. You're blessed, John, if you don't turn away now that you've already given so much. You're blessed if you don't turn away. Because look at all that God has already done. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. He goes on, and in verse 8, Jesus begins to expose the hearts of the people who are with him, of his disciples, of John's disciples. He said, What did you come to see? What did you expect? He said, did you expect a weak reed that just shakes around in the wind? What did you expect when you came after John? What did you expect when you came after me? What was it that you expected? Did you expect weak faith? Did you expect an easy thing to change your life and lay down your life? Did I not tell you, take up your cross and follow me? What did you expect? When, I, when you said, I want to give my life to Jesus, what did you expect from me? He says, what did you come out to see? Did you expect to see a man clothed in raiment? It means in nice clothes. Did you expect to be just for everything to be comfortable and rich and wonderful? Did you expect just nice, comfortable things? He said, no, that's, that's for people who live in palaces. You came expecting to find a prophet. 
You came expecting to find the presence of God. You came expecting to have God change your life and move you into being a totally different creature. You expected to have victory every time. You expected God to move for you when you needed him to move. You expected to do the work that it took to have a breakthrough. You expected to do the work that it took to have God move in your finances. You expected to do the work that it took to have God move in your family and see your family saved. You expected it. You didn't come looking for a weak reed that was flipping around in the wind. You didn't come for a good message that made you feel good about yourself. You did not come to this church expecting a regular old church because there's 77 other of them in CrossFit, Arkansas alone. You came to this church for something else. You came to this church because you wanted God. You wanted the real Jesus. You didn't want filtered through religion, you, through man's ideas, through everything's okay, it's all okay, honey. You came for power. If you didn't, you would not be here. You came looking for something you don't have. Is that why we came? That's why I came to this church. That is why I came here. He said, you, you, what, what did you go out to see? You went out to see a prophet, verse 9. And I say unto you, more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it was written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, which shall prepare the way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, this is the important part, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. No one in the world, Jesus says, has ever been greater than John the Baptist. Moses, Abraham, all the prophets in the Old Testament, a man did not come who was greater than John the Baptist. A man did not come who was willing to lay down his life to the extent that John the Baptist was willing to lay down his life and prophesy and be used by God. And then Jesus said one more thing. Except those of you that are born again into the kingdom of God, the least of you are greater than John the Baptist. What do we, if we know someone is capable of great things, what do we expect out of that person? We expect great things. Jesus is sharing something here with us. He just exposed our motives. What do we come here for? And now he's saying, what the expectation of us is. This is all, we know who John the Baptist is. We know the life he led. We know the way he laid down everything to serve God. And Jesus said, even the least in the kingdom of heaven, I expect greater things from than John the Baptist. He didn't, even the least among us, he does not expect to lay down our life any less than John the Baptist. The least among us he expects to die to ourself to the extent at least that John the Baptist died to himself. 
Those are difficult words to hear. This is a difficult message that Jesus preached, but it's a message that will set us free. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God expects more of even the least of us than he expected of John the Baptist. He called us to greater things. Even the least among us are called to a greater life than John the Baptist. Verse 12, this is the one we all know. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. There's two thoughts here. I've, I've actually always read it as if you're in the kingdom of God, you've got to fight. That was what I took out of that whole scripture. But Jesus says two things are happening in the kingdom of God. One is the kingdom of God, the Amplified Version says this, and from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of God is enduring violent assault, is being attacked. And then he says the second piece, which is violent men seize and take the kingdom of God by force as a precious prize, a share in the heavenly kingdom that is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. He says there's two things happening. One is if you're in the kingdom of God from the days of John the Baptist until today, that includes us, the devil is going to attack you until he can get you out of the kingdom of God or until you have defeated him. One of the two will happen because we are under attack. He says we're actually under violent assault if we are in the kingdom of God. But then he tells us the key to overcoming. He says the kingdom of heaven advances forcefully. Violent men, if you want to be in this kingdom, you want the share of the prize, the treasure of this kingdom. You can't be the little weed shaking, little reed shaking in the wind. You have to become John the Baptist at a minimum. At a minimum. Something else has to rise up out of you where you become violent. Hey! Hey! The violent get the prize. The violent get the treasure of the kingdom of God. He said, well, did you expect to come and just get rich and have all the stuff come on you? No. If you want this treasure, you want this prize, you are going to fight hell for it. And you are going to overcome if you fight hell for it. And you are going to have the prize, the treasure that you are seeking after if you are willing to fight hell for it. Hey, hey, my God, my God. Hey, he. The battle comes to us. We have no choice. If we want to be saved, the battle comes to us. We have a choice in, do I become violent in this war, or do I just let the devil run me slap over? Those are my two choices. 
I don't have a different, there's not a choice where I sit around and I'm just, ah, bless God, I got my scripture today. I'm going to say it 15 times and God's going to give me some money. Hallelujah. No, we get aggressive. And if we don't, then the devil takes us over because he is out for blood. He is out to destroy. And if I don't want to fight, I will lose the battle. That's a choice. You can choose. We know people who have chosen. They just wanted religion. They just want to sit in a pew and feel good about themselves. We all know people who have made that choice. But they don't get, he says it right here. The Amplifier says it. Violent men have to seize this by force as a precious prize, a share in the heavenly kingdom that is sought after with ardent zeal and intense exertion. I can read it and see what God has planned for me. Intense exertion to have this. Hey, Shandola But when I have it, I have overcome. Amen. Let's read this a little bit more. He goes on and he says, for all the prophets. Why, why is this happening? Is, is, what he, is what he answers next. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Now Jesus is still exposing, and so we're going to expose. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you will receive it, this is Elijah which was to come. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Why are we under attack? Why, why is this the life that is laid out in front of us? He says it right here. He, this is the reason, and we're going to dig into it so we all get this revelation. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Another verse says, another translation says that all the people who've come before have been looking forward to this time. But the time that they've been looking forward to is now. And so because it's now, Satan has come to attack. Because what did John preach? He had one message. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is now. The kingdom of God is here. Every other prophet ever prophesied said, it's coming. It's coming. We are looking forward to it. We're going after it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And I recognize Jesus exposed the spirit. And I, and I saw it in that verse right there. And I saw it for what he was saying, which is, we love the idea of going after God all the time. How many of us came from places where we could not get God? Raised in church, could not experience the presence of God. We prayed for a place to go. We ran to Rodney Howard Brown, Brownsville. We ran all over the place to get it. We wanted it. We sought after it. But a different spirit wants to sit on us sometimes once we have it. And that is what Jesus is addressing here. When he said, what was it you expected? Did you not seek after this? 
Is this what you spent your life crying out to God after? Is this when you were sitting in that dead church over there and you said, God, I want a place where I can experience the presence of God. Is this what you wanted? This is what you were after. When you were sitting on drugs at your house on a Saturday night and didn't know how you could ever get out. And you say, God, I just want a place where I can be free. I just want to experience freedom. Was was this what you were at? This is it. The kingdom of God is now, and it is at hand. And so Satan comes to a day. We aggressively went after when we didn't have, but Jesus said that right now is the time actually that it's here that we really have to become aggressive. We have to become violent because there's a spirit that wants to come and attack us and sit on us and say, that's enough. I don't want to be violent. I'm just here and I'm happy I got a little blessing and I'm okay. I want to sit on my pew. Don't bother me too much. Jesus, help us. Don't bother me too much. I looked forward to it. I cried out for it. I spent my life seeking it, and I've got it, and I'm enjoying it. I, wanna, I just want to enjoy it. I want to, don't press me too much. Don't ask too much out of me. He said they were all looking forward to it. They've all prophesied. They all sought after this time. And John came with a word that said, the time is now. It is now. You better get violent and aggressive if you want it. Because the time's now. Satan has come to attack. Didn't really attack us before. We did, Israel did all that to themselves. He, he didn't attack us before, but he's coming to attack me now. And so it becomes very easy when I'm under the attack to get tired, to get weary with well-doing, to want to quit. But if we just get violent, if we just say, I'm going to fight because the battle has come to me. How many of us the battle came to me, came to my family, came to my house, came up on me? The battle came to me. I have to get violent if I want my prize because the prize is here. We don't hope for it anymore. You got it. Hey, hallelujah. You got it. But now the devil wants it. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, help us. I'm going to read this, these next couple of verses. I know I'm skipping around, but I want to read it out of uh, the new living because I just like, I think it makes a little more sense. To what can I compare this generation? It is like children playing games in the public square. They complain to their friends. We played the wedding songs, you didn't dance. We played the funeral songs, you didn't mourn. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking and you say he's possessed by a demon. The son of man came on the other hand and he feasted and drank and you said he's a glutton and a drunkard. And a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. He's still saying, what did you want? Did I not give you what you wanted? And now you complain about it. It's too hard. I'm tired. We are talking in prayer yesterday and I said, I used to say that all the time. Actually, until I met Pat, Dr. Paintsell, I would say all the time. I don't have any time. I don't have any time. 
I am too busy. I have no time. God, something's got to give. And I and when when I met him and saw that he is he has five children, I believe five, four, has a lot of kids. And and he's the doc, he's the head over a whole department at a hospital, and he's the pastor of five churches. And I said, Oh my God, I have to shut my mouth. Shut my mouth. Jesus, help me. I repent. I am not too busy. And from that moment on, I began laying my life down in that. I didn't complain anymore. I complained before that. And I can just and I just read the scripture like God was talking to me where he said, You said you wanted jobs and money. Did I give you jobs and money? You said you wanted to serve me. Did I give you a place to serve me? You said you wanted the presence of God. Did I give you the presence of God? You said you wanted to be a to be a minister? Did I make you a minister? Did I give you all those things you wanted? Why are you complaining? What more do you want? They didn't like John because he acted crazy. They didn't like Jesus because he was too high, you know, too whatever, too happy. They didn't like anybody. They don't like anybody. And we don't like it either. I ask God for money. We get, we get money. I ask God for a place to serve him. I get a place to serve him. And now I'm just too, it's just too much, Jesus. What did you expect? Jesus started off. He said, what did you expect? What did you expect? Hey. Hey. Then he says one more thing about that. He says, wisdom is shown to be right by the results. Did you get miracles with Jesus? Yes. Did you repent with John? Yes. They were both right. Did you pray and get money? You got money. Did you pray for God to take you to a place where you could be free and you got free? Yes. We got it. Hey, shut up, come So we know it's right and we know that it works. We just would rather complain. Jesus goes on a little bit more and he says something very serious. And so I want um, I want us to discern what he is saying here. He said, then, after he, after he exposed all of this, he began to upbraid the cities where, this is verse 20, if you're following along. Then he began to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they did not repent. He said, woe unto you, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable for Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. I don't like those kind of words. But Jesus is telling us something very clear. He said, I came and did the works that you were seeking after. I came and gave willingly to you. I healed you. I brought miracles into your life. I saved your family. I did what you were seeking after. 
I gave you what you were seeking after. But you didn't lay down your life. You didn't do what I expected out of you, which was to at least be like John the Baptist, lay your life down for me to prepare a way to take me to people. You didn't lay down your life. And I think it's probably the strongest words that Jesus ever said when he said, it's going to be more tolerable for Sodom than for you on judgment day. Help us, God. That may be the strongest words in the whole Bible. Because we know Sodom. We know God destroyed Sodom because they were so wicked. And if for me to look at myself and see, God gave me everything, but I'm just complaining. God gave me everything I asked for, but it wasn't enough for me. And I want to hold myself back. I want to keep back and say, God, that's you're asking too much. My family needs me. God, you're asking too much. You know I got to keep my job. God, you're asking too much of me. You, don't you recognize how hard this is? And he only asked one thing, to lay our life down. What I recognized in my own life after I quit complaining was that when I started, when I quit complaining and I just started making the choice, I'm going to, yes, it's difficult and I don't know how to fit all this into my day, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to go to prayer anyway. If it costs me a job, eh. if it costs me money, eh. costs me time with my family, I'm going to trust God to restore that one. What do I have if I don't have Jesus? So I'm going to give my life. And that pool, you know, the, we all know the pool where sometimes you just want to get up and run away. Just run. It's hard. That pool comes, and, you, and I made the decision, no, today I'm going to prayer. Today, I'm going to give my life today. I'm going to die to myself today. I'm going to die to those jobs, that pool, to the, my family even, to everything else. I'm dying to it today. And I didn't realize, actually, until in the last week or so as I was praying over this, that I don't, it's not a, that I'm dead. That pool, I'm not, not in every area, obviously. But <laughs> I'm dead to that. It doesn't pull on me anymore. There's no, there's nothing in me that says, I better stay home from prayer today because I just got this stuff to do. I better, I better not do this. I better hold some of my life back because my kids need me. I better hold some of myself back. Hey, because I've given it all over. Hey, and what we don't ever stick through enough to see, unless, you've, unless you know, unless you've done it, we try dying to ourselves, but dying to ourselves isn't a, oh, I'm, I've made up my mind to be dead. It's a process. It's such a process, though, that 
It's been months, and I didn't even realize I was dead in an area until God gave, started giving me this word, and I started thinking, oh, I don't, have, I don't feel that pull anymore. I wonder when that left me. I don't know. I know that I'm dead. It's left me when I surrendered. Yes, when that surrender came, when we totally surrender, when I lay my life down, that's gone. Jesus. And that's what he's asking out of us. He's saying, I asked for your life. I gave, I gave my life to Jesus. What do we expect out of that? What I, we also can expect is that I don't give up anything for God that he doesn't restore it to me. But that doesn't make it any less difficult to go through the dying process. But if we will, if we will die, then we have it all. But if we don't, Jesus actually, he tells us here, he said, I answered your prayers. You got your prayers answered. We're not saying that your prayers don't work. I'm saying that if we don't lay down our life the way God called John the Baptist to, if I don't lay down my life and surrender my whole self, you can have it all. I don't hold back anything. You want all my time, God? I will quit my job. I'll just sit up here and let them fire me. I don't know. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. My kids need me, but what do I have to give them if I don't have the Holy Ghost? My kid, I'm, I'm just going to give up that time, God, because I'm going to trust you with my children because they belong to you anyway. We think we have that choice, though, that it's a decision. I can just give as much as I want. I'm giving something to God, and that's enough. But Jesus is, I don't know how he could be any clearer. He said, you didn't give me your whole life, and so it is better for Sodom on the judgment day than for you. Help us, Jesus. And he gives us some hope at the end of that. We're going, I'm going to share the hope, and then we're going to pray. He says that at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from wise and prudent, from the wise and prudent, and you have revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight. All these things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. How do I get overcome? How do I get this? I have a relationship with Jesus and allow him to unfold the revelation of who God is and who he is to me and I lay my life down for it. Come unto me, Jesus said, all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Who gets the rest? All those that labor and are heavy laden. Hey, we don't get the rest if I don't labor and I'm not heavy laden. I take on the laying down of my life. I take on whatever God puts out for me to do. And when I do, he says, come unto me if you labor. 
Come unto me if you feel the burden is too heavy to bear. Come to me. And when you do it, when you've laid down your life to the point that you are laboring for me, you are heavy laden for me, then if you come to me, I'm going to hook you up with my yoke. If you do it, if you will lay down your life, if you will give to me, if you totally surrender, bring those heavy burdens, bring the labor that you're doing to me. I'm going to hook you up to my yoke with me. And we're going to go together because if you'll hook up with me, if you surrender to the point that you will take that yoke, which looks like bondage. That's what a yoke looks like. It comes around their neck and and it binds them up to the one right next to them. And it means they have to work whether they want to work or not. They don't get to rest because the other one's dragging them along. They have to work. He says, but if you trust me enough, I already know you're weary. I already know you're heavy laden. I already know you labor for the kingdom of God. But if you trust me enough to give everything over to me, put my yoke on you, you will find that my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, you'll find that I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It doesn't sound that way because it doesn't make sense in our mind that I've already given, I've given, I've given, I've given them so much. How much more do you want out of me, God? But he says, give me all of it. Give me more until you don't have anything left to give, and I'm going to hook you up on that yoke. And you are going to find that I'm bearing the burden for you. You're going to be doing the work, but you're going to find out that my yoke, if you just surrender, if you surrender it all over to me, you're going to find that my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And while you're doing the work, you're going to find rest for your soul. You're going to find that I am meek and mild and gentle with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're going to find out if you just give up that life. This was all one message. We split it all up sometimes, but this was all one message that Jesus delivered to show us that you've asked of me. You've asked me for things. I've given it to you. Haven't I given you what you wanted? Did I bring you somewhere where you could have freedom? Did I bring you somewhere where you could be set free? Did I bring you somewhere and then move in your life and give you the request and the desires of your heart? But you're complaining because you don't want to give me your life. But don't bear it on your own. Don't be tired and worried. Do all the work on your own. Hook up. If you just give that last bit over to me and you totally surrender and you let me put this on you that feels like bondage, feels like it's going to take the life out of you. It's what it feels like when you give that last bit. But if you do it, if you let me put that yoke around your neck, hey, Karabasanda, you're about to find that all that burden has been lifted. Hey, that the work is being accomplished and that it's easy that it's rest for your soul. I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, it's not uncommon for me to be up until midnight doing work that I didn't get able, wasn't able to get done during the day because I was praying or doing stuff for the church or playing, playing with my kids, whatever. I put all that other, all those other priorities first. But it's not a burden to me. I'm happy to stay up and do that work because I get to do all the other stuff too. I got it all. I got it all. 
I'm not telling you something I didn't do. I got it all. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, open up our hearts right now, God. Father, open up our hearts right now, God. 